The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. friends i am stephanie hansen hey i'm steph march and we are here to have a great weekly dish show for you today that's right that's right friends it's weird to look out normally we do the weather report right now and mm-hmm. i looked over in the producing studio and the blinds are down on oh, the you window. don't know what it is but i can tell you what it is because it's been this way all summer with the exception of like two days hot it's hot hot and sunny yeah blue skies i'm fine with it i mean today i'm fine with it this week coming up is uh supposed to be 90s Again, like dipping weight right back up. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are some meteorologists who have thrown around the term heat dome again. That the heat dome is reforming. That was over. That was the giant, you know, heat massive thing over on the West Coast. Yep. They're saying that it's reforming over the Midwest. And that's why we're going in this sort of a a, pu- a push. And that it is actually going to bring us up past into the hundreds, 115. Oh, that's bad for drought and farms and flowers. All the things. And- All the okay. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's been up at the lake and he's every day like the fire. The sun is like a red dot. I know. Well, that's because, yeah, the wildfires. It yeah. is weird. I know. I just I mentioned it to uh, the giant baby yesterday as we were driving around. I thought this is the first summer that I haven't. I mean, I haven't had my doors off my car once. I haven't had I haven't taken the lids off the Jeep. Like I haven't taken the roof off Huh? because it's been too hot. Yeah. When it gets to be above 90, you do not want to be sitting baking in an open air yeah. black car. You yep. just don't. So I and he was like, you can give yourself a summer off, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? why would I do that? I'm a Jeep girl. Um, you we've got a good show for you today. We mm-hmm. are going to be talking about a couple places that we've eaten this week. Yeah, we kind of ate together this week a little bit. We did. And then, you know, Tuesday's National Hot Dog Day. So I've got some hot dog uh, sitch for you. 
Yeah. Um, I have a question, you guys, on the Facebook page, and I want you guys to like consider... Oh, and this is not market research. This is just us in the car last night. I picked Hanson up for this dinner, and we were driving home, talking about, of course, our grocery stores. Because we got real feels <laughs> about the grocery stores, and I think people do, too. Yeah, and that's what we... And this is for a future segment. This is not a segment today, um, because I still need to do a couple more. But you guys know, if you're watching my Instagrams, that I'm basically dating the grocery stores in my neighborhood, because I'm trying to figure out who's going to be my stops, right? And so... You know, I've got some Cubs situations happening. There's a Target. I've done, you know, Trader Joe's like I haven't before. I'm on the track to go try an Aldi. Gang, I have never shopped an Aldi. Like, I shopped it once to pop in and grab something once, and I think I was in Wisconsin. So I've never, like, shopped an Aldi. Some of it is so dependent on where they are. I know. Because, like, the ones in, like, out, out of the suburbs and out, like, into, like, there's one in Virginia now. Like, they're pretty nice. But the first... Uh, all the experience I had was so shocking and horrible. I never went back. I know. Okay, so we're going to hold on that. We're going to hold but on people that. People love it. People love it. And I'm going to tell you what. I have the question up on the uh, Facebook page, and it's just wondering about your grocery store. What's your preferred? What is it about your preferred grocery store that makes you keep coming back? Is it price? Is it convenience? Do you consider yourself a Whole Foods person? Does Trader Joe's have that one thing? Like, are you all about that cauliflower gnocchi? And that makes it so like, well, if I'm going to be there for that, I'm going to get everything else. Um, or do you shop so many and you have different reasons for it? Yeah, because you can't like get all of your food at Trader Joe's. You no, just can't. You they can't. don't have They have no Triscuits. I don't know how to deal with That's that. Sometimes right. I'm or like, no oh. saltines. Right. Like, if you don't just... have saltines, I can't shop your store. Although I did get some of these really good flax crackers from them because they didn't have the Triscuits. And I was flax like, these are crackers dis- sound were, like. But they were delicious. A colon cleanse. I know, but they weren't. <laughs> they were delicious. I was surprised too. I had felt like I was settling. And just then the I thought. The idea of a flax cracker is making me. Listen, like, you're the chia queen, so I don't want to hear true, anything true. from you. I okay? ate so many chia seeds, I gave yeah. myself an like intestinal di- diverticulitis, <laughs> okay? So, let's be talking about this. But anyway, there's a lot of great answers on the Facebook. I just want you guys to, you know, kind of throw in. But lots of people are, it's interesting. There's a lot of Aldi. Some some people are saying they like Aldi for produce and cheese. And then tra- Trader Joe's for random things. Target for when I'm there for non-grocery yeah. and you grab a Target thing. And then there's people are talking about, a lot of people are saying that they do drive up Instacart or shipped or pickup delivery, which is so antithetical. My experience with the yeah. grocery store has to be the experience because that's one of my weekly rituals that helps set my tone. And it's funny to think about if your weekly grocery shopping habit is shipped or Instacart, then that's your experience. That's your experience. I know. You're dealing with your shopper and yeah. not like in the store. In the store. I'm so interested by this. I've never done that. I haven't either. I don't think I ever will. Yeah. No. And people, and it's all the different reasons. People do things because of convenience. They do it because it's always, they say they feel like it's clean and well stocked. Someone said they've been shopping Jerry's Super Value in Edina forever. Okay, Their Jerry's Super Value is life. a pretty great store. And they have all of this. It's like almost like a poem, you know, to Jerry's <laughs> Super Value there. You know, Hy-Vee, Lunds. Hy-Vee has done surprisingly mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. in terms of coming into the market and grabbing quite a bit of market share. Yeah, they're not The stores are well, want, well, well run. They do carry a lot of local products. They're all like employee owned. I don't know if you know that, which I makes that. me. They're Iowa based. Want to support them a little bit more. Yeah, this Kathy is saying that it's, uh, she says it's very close. Hyvie's very close. It's very helpful and friendly. And she noticed since COVID, though, they're missing some brand items. 
uh, and are going heavier into their store brand. And I'm sure that's just shortages. Yeah, and also there's way more margin in doing that. So this is interesting. Lots of, you know, and and it seems like people have feelings. I want to hear your feelings because we're going to do a segment maybe in a couple weeks. Aldi is 100% organic produce. Did you know that? I did not know that. And maybe 100% is a stretch because I think it's hard for anybody to I don't, do I was 100% gonna say, But they have locally. a lot of, you're saying, yeah. I, I literally. Like even your co-ops the, are like 95 The only thing I know about Aldi is that you need you a quarter. You have to pay 25 cents for your so cart, German. which is what made me stop going there. I oh. had a bad cart experience. Because you didn't had, have a quarter? I didn't. And I had all of this stuff that I was holding and I'm looking for a card and then I had to go out in the parking lot and then there wasn't one there and then I kind of had to fight a lady for one and I lost because she had a lot of kids and I was just like eh! and I just literally like put all my stuff down and left okay. I didn't even check out okay yeah I don't I don't know anything all I know is that I I remember when I was a kid and in Germany a teenager you know I stayed with a family for a school for a term and it was like I just remember like I thought it was so cool that you had to like pay for the shopping carts I don't know why <laughs> It's a weird thing, too, because, you know, once you have like that experience uh-huh. and I have a lot of grocery feels like sometimes I go to Cubs, sometimes I don't. If I have to bag myself, sometimes it depends on if I'm going to buy produce or specialty things like I shop everywhere. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, we talked last night and this is a game changer. And I'm just going to tip this is the idea that one of the reasons I don't I had not liked Cub is because I feel the pressure on the line yes. to bag my own, but also to deal with paying and bagging and paying. And, and the then person behind right you is behind getting me, impatient. And I'm super stressed out because I'm I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm impacting their grocery experience right. <laughs> and I'm freaking out and I'm putting things in the wrong bag. Here's what's changed Cub for me. The self checkout, because nobody is behind you. Yeah, that gives me anxiety. And so I'm just at my little street, at my screen, I'm scanning, I'm putting things in, I'm doing it, taking my own time. There may be a line of people, but they're not, the conveyor belt is not like coming at me. And I, so I have that moment. That has changed cup for me. Like I, I may, I could maybe shop a cup. That is really interesting. I know. Okay, so grocery stores, yeah. we got that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Anthony Bourdain documentary um, when we come back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at Hornitos and Jim Beam Highballs, when we come back. Are you thinking of buying a house this year, but you've been deterred by the crazy market? This is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and I moved in the last year, and my experience wasn't crazy. In fact, it was pretty great. I love my new house, and it would not have happened without the help of Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty. Carrie and Sue will work with you to help you find the perfect house. They know all the tricks of the trade so that you can get the home you choose without necessarily paying the highest price or overpaying. With mortgage rates being at historic lows, people are qualifying for higher priced homes, but with lower payments. Carrie scoured the neighborhoods I wanted to be in to make sure I was one of the first folks in the houses. I probably went through 50 houses last summer and the market moves really fast and there's a lot of negotiating and you have to be ready with agents that know what they're doing to get a great price, but also the terms you want for inspection and move-in dates. Each time you go through a home, you're going to deal with either Carrie or Sue directly. They don't hand you off to someone else. I had a great experience. So find Carrie Auxt, C-A-R-R-I-E, and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com if you're buying or selling a house. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We're still talking about grocery (laughs) stores. We have our friend Cheryl in studio from Rotary. In Burnsville. Yes, and she uh, bid on coming to sit in studio and visit with us as a charitable donation. So we're excited about you being here, Cheryl. Thank you for being here. Um, Stephanie, we have to talk a little bit about something that's just kind of serious and a little bit sad. I just feel sad about him. And that's Anthony Bourdain's passing. 
and the documentary that has come out yeah. called Roadrunner about his passing. Um, it's I, not really even about his passing, though it is. It's about his life. It's, so tell me about your, because you wrote a nice piece did you, about it. Did you watch it? I couldn't watch it oh, because you it. <laughs> they sent me, I only was, this you was got the like review a segment that we're supposed to do. Okay, but listen, you got a screener that you could watch anytime. Yeah, they were supposed to, they gave you that too. No, they didn't. Mine was only to watch it at seven o'clock on July 15th. And oh. I couldn't, I was oh, at a dinner and yeah. so I tried to log in at 830 and it was oh, over. Shoot, I'm sorry. That's I had okay. a 72 hour I had a 72 hour window. To watch I thought one. I did. But when I actually signed up and did the whole okay. thing, I didn't. Yeah. I so, thought she gave you the right media. Link, she didn't. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Anyway. So let's just talk a little bit about it. So obviously um, Morgan Neville is the gentleman. He's an Academy Award winning documentarian. And what were he, the other documentaries he did? Cause oh, they were good here. I'll look them up. Yeah, while you look them up. But um, he basically decided to take on the story of Anthony Bourdain's life. And uh, this this movie, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, is really, um, it's a look and into sort of an inside look into how he became the icon that he is. Um, and it starts with his public life. You know, he was a line cook and he wrote Kitchen Confidential at age 43. So it's not like he was a young pup. He'd had an entire 43 years of life before that. Unfortunately, a lot of it had to do with heroin and, you know, bad things. Um, but so they kind of starts with him and at, you know, at Lay Hall. And he's they're They're kind of the funny thing is they have footage, you guys, of him like as Kitchen Con- I can't ever say it. Kitchen Confidential is becoming a bestseller. Like somebody was shooting documentary footage that never aired. And it's him as this young pup as he's learning all this stuff and well, becoming a media mogul. Yeah, because wasn't he? I mean, when you say young, 43. Like, I was going to say, yeah, he was in his 40s yeah, when did he you started. Hear what I was just saying, like it was basically he'd had 40 years of life. You know what I mean? Before. Yes. That. So yes. Okay. he'd been married for 30 years or something like that, you know? Something crazy. Yeah. And so he's basically like, his um his the idea of him and and like the kickoff and that's really what it is it starts with him you know in Lay hall and then realizing that he wants to do a second book and what that looks like and like the building of the media empire that is anthony Bourdain. and it was very interesting because it was like he's a guy who was like it was the same thing of like wow i'm getting famous i'm getting money and i actually want to what do i want to do i want to travel i want to see the world i want to eat with people and that's like the dream right, right. that we all kind of like if someone hands us a couple million dollars that's what we all say we're gonna do and then he he did it and it was sort of like but he filmed it and then it was sort of the idea of uh his collaborators and his creative teams along the way and how his directors and everything else and it sort of showed the journey that he was on and how he built cook's tour and you know no reservations and all this stuff and it sort of then drives into that thing of when you come back to the piece of that he was you know looking for the like the he was looking for that thing, that answer, you know, when you win something and then like, what, what's going to make me happy. And that's really the essence of this movie. I think is really the, the undercurrent. And the question is, is there a thing that can make you happy? He, it seems like he was chasing and seeking and he was doing things and he was learning and becoming as an artist, he was a writer and he was observing the world and he was kind of putting it out there and it wasn't making him any happier. And so this does, and I will say it does take you through the tragedies, you know, of his later life and his failures and everything else. And for me, what I wrote about it was I didn't want to give too many spoilers. I didn't want to like run down the show basically, but, um, it basically is to me the story of like him as a human, because we've, 
we've kind of forgotten. Like we watch him on screens and especially now that he's gone, all we have are clips. And what we tend to do is we tend to migrate to the good clips and we tend to use the quotes that make us feel good and what we want us to find in him that what we want it, what we want him to say that supports our point of view. And what I liked about it, it brought back, brought back that fleshy humanness is what I keep saying. And it made me think like, you're right. It's not, he's not just a painting on a wall. He's not just a black and white photograph on someone's Instagram with an inspirational quote. He didn't just inspire. He was a person and he had flaws and there were, Good and bad things. And I think that's important to remember as we have icons. A lot of the criticism about this documentary has centered around the way they treated the relationship between him and Asia Argento. Yeah. What were your thoughts about that? Um, I didn't think so. Going into it, I kind of had forgotten about her. You know, quite honestly, I hadn't I wasn't really into the whole hate on, you know, Aja or whatever. And but I did go into you don't come out of this movie like loving her you definitely don't like i'll say this he the director allowed the people in tony's life to say how they felt about her and it's not good and um the people and then he did not apparently i found out later i wondered if he'd asked her to be in the documentary and then no and then she said no but he never even asked her apparently and part is that according to her or him both of them. Yeah, okay. he said he did not want to. He he. His reasoning was, and this is all comes out after I'd watched it. You know, all the interviews with the director, um, because I didn't have access to him. But um, he said that he didn't want the the more he thought about. He had cut a lot of things about their relationship and tried to keep it as simple as he could because it built its own. It built an entirely separate story about the last year of his life and that's the salacious part and he said he found it just kept asking more questions it kept begging more questions and it became like it became almost like it imbalanced the rest of the life that he was trying to portray that it wasn't just this last year which is the most intense and most salacious it was his entire career arc of his life yeah, yeah. and so i see that i do see that but i do also see that it is like I said, she doesn't come off looking great. And it would have been nice to at least have a statement or something from her that sort of put something into perspective on her side of things. I don't know. Um, but it's it's hard. The other thing that's the controversy, you've heard about the AI thing, right? Um, yes, but vaguely that they used his voice. In a- so the, the film is, is built with voiceovers and clips because there's so much of that. And Tony is a person, he's a writer and he would write his own voice. You know, he would write his lines and then he would speak them. So there's this canon of voiceover content from so many shows and so many different things. And so he, uh, so there's a lot of his voice and a lot of his words, reading his words uh the thing is is that there's one email that he sent to uh, a friend where it expresses you know some pretty darkness some pretty deep darkness and the scene is where the friend um Chu, the artist is i think reading it first and and then he and then the, it flips over and it's tony's voice finishing the the email and obviously i didn't occur to me as i was watching it that it was an email you know but I, there'd been so much voiceover beforehand it just was a natural arc for me. And they said, um, and apparently what they had done was taken, obviously he didn't read an email out loud to a friend, you know, so he, 
They um, used it for dramatic effect. They did. They did. They used it for dramatic effect. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't think it was necessary. The big thing is, is like this happened in documentaries a lot. They usually they use a voice actor yeah. or something to sort of pretend, you know, to sort of convey that. But this one, because there is so much voiceover in the film, it seemed strange to then create one that wasn't. And they used AI. I mean, like they basically use technology, which is not a I mean, it's just common. It's. I, I'm not offended by that as much because they didn't put words in his mouth. They were his words. The same thing that he wrote for a voiceover is yep. the same thing, you know, kind of an idea. I just don't think it was necessary. That was the weird part. Like, I think the problem is, is that it's going to cause the controversy that I think it was unnecessary to do. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't have an opinion either way. I'll I'll be interested to watch the show. Yeah. Um, people take dramatic license. This director also directed that 30 feet from stardom. Did you ever see that documentary? No. It's incredible about these three African-American women that were backup sing- or our backup singers and how they always uh, get close and then never kind of reach the pinnacle of success that yeah. they deserved. Right. Um, it was a great documentary. It's just interesting to me how interested people is are in this story. You know, he was such a impactful storyteller and the end was so tragic. Yeah, and I think I'm grateful that they didn't shy away from that. I mean, like you you start with it and you know, a you know obviously how it ends, but then it's very conf- it's it's confrontational. It does say, you know, like there's some voiceover of him saying like this doesn't end well. And he, you know, there's things that are pieces of this that are sort of um you know, that idea of like, this is the thing we have to talk about, too. We can't pretend that it was all pretty travel shots and eating great noodles. And I appreciate that because as a food person, you know, I came to Tony Bourdain because of the book and because of, you know, the the life in the kitchen and the honesty of that. And so then when you go into, I think, TV specifically, you lose. I mean, the thing is, like, we forget, even though it's it's live and even it's reality and it's like him walking through and eating and interacting with people, you're like, maybe it's because we know this now because we are in broadcast in ways and have done this thing. It's always still a show. There's always a couple takes. There's things that you don't know that are happening behind the scenes. They may have stopped it. There may have been three conversations and you're getting one snippet. And so then you think that this is what happened. But maybe six other things happened too. And so the thing that I always know is like, no matter what, it's a show. And you have to remember that. And that's what the thing about this. This gave us like a little slip between what is a show and what does the person give to the public versus what do they keep for themselves and what are and there was a little there were little moments in this that you could see that. And to me that was uh to me that was a moment that was that was interesting to watch. And it also kept it again it put him in a different place for me. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. It's gonna be good. It's uh, only at theaters. Runner. It's only at theaters, you guys gotta go see it in the theater. Okay. We'll be right, we'll be right back. Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even 
even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Okay, there's no real great way to go from that really serious Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner to talking about hot dogs, but it is National Hot Dog Week next Tuesday, so we're going to talk a little bit about hot dogs. Yeah. It's funny because I did, um, I was, Jason did a live show last week and we did it out at Parade Stadium. And so when I was thinking about topics, I was like, oh, baseball, hot dogs. And then I realized National Hot Dog Day was coming up. So I was like, oh, this is a good fit. I'll cover hot dogs. Every day is National Hot Dog Day. Well, it's so funny because my (laughs) sister was like, "Um, yeah, you you're doing like restaurant hot dogs. Like who would ever go to a restaurant and order a hot dog? I mean, that's like, people, people do. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't go to restaurants. I mean, well, in Chicago, there's an entire culture. Well, of hot I'm going to give you some restaurant dogs. Well, yeah, and there are some, but it's not like you're going to like Tilia. Well, maybe you actually are. They actually have a hot yeah, dog at Tilia. Say, the funny thing is, I was just going to say, oh yeah, I actually had a hot dog there. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. Uh, so people that are into hot dogs, and I'll I'll encompass sausages too because right, that is and that is where we as a culture, you know, we have a. You know, a little bit of a German culture in the background of some of our our uh, people and our populations. And so I think that the sausages up here are actually better than the hot dogs down in Chicago. What? Wait a minute. Don't yeah. send me an email. The snap. Or do send me an email. I was telling Kurt that I was working on this segment and he goes, oh, yeah, my friend Kenny, you know, he has like this way that he makes these hot dogs where he does like 50 slits in them and then like he grills them. And I was just like thinking uh, Ke- Kenny was a president of Bose. So oh. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, Kenny, technological Kenny has like perfected the hot dog tech to this nth degree because he's an engineer. That's what he did sure. for a living. Sure. But then the kitchen came out with this whole grilling technique about hot dogs. Yeah. And about like, do you just simply grill the hot dog? Do you cut fish scales? Do you poach the hot dog? Do you spiralize the hot dog? Do you crosshatch the hot dog? Do you butterfly the hot dog? Yeah. And then you said that Jake, Jake has like some hot dog tech. So what does he do? You guys, Jake makes a hot dog every day. And I, I support this. This is all my fault. I'm the one who buys them. But he basically makes, he comes home from work. You know, he's hauling ice and he comes home and after like a 12 hour shift. And the first thing he does is he makes two hot dogs. And so what he does is because he's tired, he does not grill them. What he does is he butterflies and then kind of makes some cross hatches okay. in the butterfly edge. Like he notches it. Yep. And then he just microwaves it. Like, that's his quick fix for doing that, but he microwaves it fast. And it could be brats, it could be hot dogs, any sort of sausages. He does this, too. What does that, all of that work do? It makes it so that there's, um, it's like there's a little bit more texture on the edge, you know what I mean? Like, but also when you're piping in, you get a better, uh, you don't get Surface that. Surface to. Yeah, and you don't get the bite snap explosion, you know? You sort of, so it's a little bit less, like dangerous but then um and then you do, he just puts all the stuff on top of oh, it and the mustard to ketchup and like topping ratio when yeah. it's open like that is probably a yeah. little bit better and well, more distributed and if i'm gonna grill them and so then i grilled them the other day i did a bunch of grilled ones and i usually just do i'll do like a crosshatch thing too also again so they don't explode but also so that they kind of get that 
that I want, I want, I burn my hot dogs because I really want char. Yeah. And more surface area for char is great for me. Um, but one of the things that I have always done, which is to split, if I am in a butterfly, split them down the middle. And then, because that's where you pipe the cream cheese in the middle. And then it gets all like warm and melty and the best ever. It's like a Juicy Lucy, but it's cream cheese and a hot dog. Huh. Uh-huh. I, my mind is completely blowing because <laughs> I don't know why I've never thought of any of this. I only eat hot dogs in the summer, typically. Yeah. We eat them up at the cabin. We go to Zup's, uh, the Zaponoviches up in Ely, Virginia, Hibbing area are yeah. known for their grandfather's German sausage recipe that he makes. Th- they're Polish. They're called Polish Delights. Yeah. And they're like a sausage, but it's in the shape of a hot dog and it's thinner and smaller like a hot dog. Oh, okay. I was like, they're the same shape. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's different. It's like, it, and it's not like a... What are the natural casing wieners? It's sure. kind of shaped like that, but it is an actual sausage. They're just fantastic. But I only eat them in the summer on the grill or on an open flame at the cabin. You and never just throw a couple in like, I mean, no. I eat sausages. We eat sausage all winter long in like beans. You know, like we make a big well, plate thing. Yes. And then, so that's a, so I think I cook them. I'm so used to cooking them all year long. I don't grill them unless I'm grilling. Well, after the winter, so our cabin has an end date, right? It yeah, ends, true. Labor Day is done. Mm-hmm. We close it up. So on my way through town, as I'm leaving town, I will stop at Zups. And I've as I've started cooking more beans and things, yeah. I will get a package. And I get the big, thick ones then. Yeah. Because I do use those in beans or beans yeah. and greens or whatever. Right. But there are some good hamburger places in town, too. Have you been to Hamburger Hamburguesa El Gordo? Yeah. Um, they have El Dogo. Which is they've the, got a whole line of hot dogs. Yes, the yeah. elote hot dog I thought was really. I, I like elote. Yeah, I, mayonnaise and corn. I don't know. There's so much of that happening down, right now. Great. There's a couple. I just talked about a. There's a food truck. Cy the corn guy. He's up in White Bear Lake, or he's off of White Bear Avenue in St. Paul. He has got like ten different kinds of corn dishes. I won't call them elote because they're not. But it's like. It's like a corn. It's like that, you know. But in a dish. Yeah. It's this esquites. is like esquite. This is like el elote. Esquite on a hot dog. So, yeah. um, and also, that. Butcher's Tail doing that Peter Botcher cheddar worst yeah. being back sure. is pretty great for me. Yeah, I love that but that's hot dog. Like, and that's the thing where it's like, that's harder for me to go order. I would do that because that's like ordering a sausage sampler. And it's a foot long. Yeah. But like, they do have a good sausage sampler, but you can get a foot long. It's 12 bucks. Yeah. And you can go in the beer garden, get a surly, sit yeah. there. Um, that beer garden's fun. And then have you ever had the dog at the depot? Yeah, the diamond dog? Yes. Uh-huh. Wrapped they, in bacon? Yes, and yeah. they deep fry it. Yeah. And then they put it in a pretzel roll, which made me think of you. Yeah, no, I love that. Although pretzel rolls are tough. Like, you can't get too bready because you still have to have your, you have to have balance. Otherwise, if it gets too bready or too, like, you know, sturdy in a weird way, like, I, there's nothing wrong with, like, a good white bun that sort of squishes around your hot dog and just soaks up all the stuff. Yeah. Um, what about, have you done the milk jam? Hot dog no. and ice cream shop uh-uh. on 38th. Great. No. They've got, and they've got that like, was the old place that they took over the little red hut. Yeah. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. And they've got creative hot dogs. Like they've got a Japanese flavored one that's got like nori flakes and bonito on there. And so I'm definitely down for some of the creative takes on them. I mean, I would rather do that. What about uh, Uncle Frankie's? You- love Uncle Frankie's. That's a standard yeah. for me. I get the Polish, Maxwell Street Polish, so that I get sauerkraut and onions on it. That's what my standing order is. I like the Coney. Do you? Yes. And they don't put beans in there. It's just meat. It's just that chili, straight chili. And you know, it's not even chili. It's just meat sauce. Like red, it's, it's red chili sauce with ground beef. Yeah. 
Here's a little tip, people. Um, the Dairy Queen's chili dogs are pretty good. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I'll tell you that like when I was a kid, my mom and I on, on Tuesdays, when my sister would go to school, I must have been like four or five, you know, because I wasn't in school. And on Tuesdays, my mom and I would go to A&W Root Beer and we would get Coney <sighs> dogs because it was two for one. And so we'd sit there for lunch and get Coney Island dogs and she would scrape the chili off mine because I was like, I don't really want the chili on it. Just on the hot dog, and now I'm like, get the chill. I the first that's time, really a funny memory. Oh, I have a total memory of it. I'll never forget it. And uh, it was just like that was what we did, and it was kind of a you know my mom and I thing. But um, but like now I remember introducing Jake to chili dogs. He's like, why haven't we been eating these? I'm like, I don't know. I kind of forgot. You know, <laughs> like I forgot to get it. Like make it for you. Yeah, exactly. How about this? Is kind of funny. At Uncle Frankie's, you can get a carrot dog. So they put everything on a carrot. Yeah. Now, what's funny about that is my girlfriend, Mickey, went through a vegetarian phase. Yeah. And she would go to McDonald's and order the McDonald's hamburger, but please hold the meat. Yeah. So she would just pay just for like the bun. It. Yeah. The mustard, ketchup, pickle, onion yeah. ratio thing. Yeah. But she said it tasted just like a McDonald's. Well, I s- hamburger. I mean, because really, all you're tasting in that essence is a lot of the stuff and the yeah. sugar of the bread, and yeah. But so, getting a carrot dog at Uncle Frank is reminded me of like her just going, "I want everything but the actual meat part." Yeah, but I do think that the carrot. I've seen a couple of other chefs do carrot dogs. Like I think uh, Landon, when he used to be here in Nighthawks, he had a great carrot hot dog at Nighthawks. You know who's got a great dog that's not really a hot dog, but is a hot dog? It's Spoon Stable on the bar menu. They've got the Boudin Blanc, which is, you know, that beautiful French white sausage that's just like in this gorgeous like milk bread, you know, with poppy seeds and stuff. And it's got Jardinera on top, I think. It, or like good. pickled peppers. It's uh-huh. It was, I mean, it's like my favorite thing. I that, love it. That sounds really good. It's the high-end hot dog, if you want. But for me, the biggest thing that I like to do with mine is to put... Salt and vinegar chips in my hot dog. Oh, that's funny because Ellie does that. Yeah. And then her uh, partner started putting the celery salt. Oh, yeah. So it's the salt and vinegar chips yeah. on the Polish Delight. And then she always goes in and gets the celery salt. Yeah. And I like, like to a do. a nod to the Chicago dogs. Yeah. I don't put, ke- like if I'm doing, so if I'm doing that, I would do, you know, like maybe cream cheese or something on the side or, you know, or yeah, like cream or cheese, mayonnaise, sometimes celery. mayonnaise. Like, understand, why don't we put more mayonnaise on hot dogs? We put them on our burgers, like, without even a thought. Think about it. Why not? I don't know. Why don't people do it? I think it's because you have to look at that white line in your hot dog, and I maybe think, it looks kind of weird. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what that is, but I all I know is that if you put, like, a little swath of mayonnaise and then salt and vinegar chips and then pickles on your hot dog... Like pickle relish, like dill relish, you are winning. Well, and let's talk about pickle relish too, like because you can get sweet pickle relish is usually just kind of gross. I, yeah, Yuck. not a fan. A uh, huge fructose corn syrup bomb. But if you like could get regular pickles and you make or your sport own relish, peppers. what do you know sport what a sport pepper, pepper is? Do I know what a sport pepper is? You know what a sport pepper is? Yeah. Tell me. Well, what do you? It's sport peppers. It's just pickled peppers. They're like little pickled peppers. What kind of pepper? Like mouse peppers is what we call them. <laughs> what You're do you kind of not wrong. It's an actual green pepper that's only an inch and a half oh, long. It's like a young green pepper. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they pickle it in the brine and it gives it that like really bright 
green color. Yeah. But it's not like a fancy. I thought it would be like a kind of pepper. Oh, no. It's just but, a green pepper but that's small. And, and really, when I say sport peppers, I'm actually talking more about like just all the mix, like the jar. Yeah. Jardinera. You know what I mean? Like any of the pickled what peppers. What is actually in jardinera? It's is it not, just chopped well, I mean, it's up like, peppers? What we know it is is like cauliflower and peppers and celery and everything that's been hot pickled, you know, spicy pickled. But there's, I don't know if there's like you know, like an actual like rule about what goes in it. Cause you know, there's people who do it, you know, with carrots and everything else. And there's people who do it different ways. I'm going to make a recipe. I think this week for chow chow. Yeah. That's cause... kind of the one that I think is like the most Minnesotans like, you know, no, it's cabbagey and carroty and it's a vinegary yeah. slaw that yeah. basically you put on a hot dog and it's so good. Yeah, My friend jar- made it last summer. I was like, yum. What is this? Yeah. Basically, this says that, like, the Wikipedia says that jardinera is basically pickled peppers and uh, vegetables. In It's like an Italian version. Hot mix. Yeah. And Chicago Taste Authority, we have to mention Chris and Rob's because they brought the Chicago dog to the Twin Cities. It's delicious. Yeah. It's the poppy seed bun. It's the pickle in it. It's the uh, jardinera or sport pepper. You can get either. And I'm going to give you two others quickly. Yeah. Sandcastle. Oh, yeah. You yes. know, the dog flicker. For Doug from Doug Flicker with the egg on it. Gotta love a hot dog with an egg on I it. I do, actually. And then Kiachi, because I love the fact that there's a, you know, a sushi restaurant, two of them, Lower Town and Kingfield, that they're, they have hot dogs in the menu, and they have the avocado dog, which has egg and avocado, and it is delicious. Yum. Avocado makes its way into the dogs at Hamburger, uh, Hamburgues El Gordo, too. And yeah. a lot of the dogs are wrapped with bacon. Yeah. Do you, why? That's a very South American thing. That's a very common thing in South America. It maybe makes it seem a little fancier, like for a restaurant dog. Maybe it like, ju- like justifies maybe a little bit more in price. I just want it to be then a bigger dog to be wrapped in bacon. I don't want it to be a thin one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm definitely more of a Polish. Like I'll definitely choose a Polish over anything else. And then I'll go all beef. Like I was going to say, are you Vienna all beef? Yep. And then, and then I can go with whatever else. Chris and Rob's imports or sells a 1500 Vienna all beef hot dogs a week. I mean, that's a lot of that's hot a lot. dogs. A lot. Yeah. All right, so we got to go. They do a great job. Okay, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. That's our hot dog tech. Tuesday is National Hot Dog Day, so go ahead and get there. Before we break, uh, when we come back, we're going to do the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to weigh in and tell us about your favorite hot dog, if you've got hot dog tech, if you've got thoughts about the Zups Polish sausages at the <laughs> Zupanovich family, anything can anything go. Anything you want. 651-641-1071. Give us a call. We'll take your call live on the air right now. Thanks. Five one six four one one zero seven one is our another phone number to call us. I almost gave out my cell phone number again. <laughs> I don't know why that is such a thing for you. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Because I think the only time I say a phone number is when I'm telling someone my cell phone number. So uh, yeah. those of you listeners that have listened for a long time, I've done it like four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have a live caller on the line, and we'd love to take more. So six five one six four one one zero seven one. You can ask us anything. Uh, this is a comment from David. Hi, David. Hey, guys. What hey. can we help you with? Well, I just wanted to share my most recent favorite way of doing a hot dog. Please. So I just basically cross-hatch it, grill it so it's nice and kind of charred and crispy. And then I get a good bakery hot dog bun. Okay. I do a split top yep. on the bun. And then spread some butter on each side and grill grill that Yum. and then spread it open do a smear of mayonnaise a smear of uh dijon stick the hot dog on there and top it with kimchi 
Oh, yeah. Oh, kimchi. Well done, you. I love, David, too, that you're using the schmear tech. Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good job, David. Very, very nice. Thank you. People are, uh, thanks, David, for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, 651-641-1071. People are so funny with their uh, crosshatch and their cutting. And I never even had heard of this until this week. Yeah, there's actually, I bought Jake a hot dog roller off of Amazon, you guys. And this is like a red tube thing that you're supposed to roll over your hot dog so that it creates this like crosshatch. So it wow. basically makes it like a pineapple skin out of the t- the hot dog. Yeah. And he used it like once or twice. And then he was like, eh, it doesn't really do it so good. And then he was like, I think I'm just going to go back to my, go back to my own. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. This is, if you want to call in six, five, one, six, four, one, one Oh seven, one, this is a message from Annie. And she says, hello, Stephanie's. I need your help looking for ideas around food for my upcoming 50th birthday party that I'm throwing for myself in two weeks. We're hosting 40 people on undeveloped land that we're going to be building a home on. Nice. The tent is rented, the porta potties booked, the flowers are ordered, and there will be white linens. And at first we were going to have a food truck, but then we decided that because there was no water access for them, that was a no-go. So what are your ideas for restaurants to cater from that we could keep warm and cool with the ice that we'll be schlepping in coolers? Um. So there's no power either. Classy but simple. So she's got no power and she's got, I would, it's going to be tough. I'm thinking like, I mean, cause chow girls does so many events at farms yeah, and like in natural settings, they probably have a pretty good setup. Sure. Um, also like, what about just doing room temperature things. I was going to say the thing that you could get away with. And actually what would be quite lovely is just to do a bunch of boards, you know, to do like a board catering thing where you just have, you know, a bunch of meats and cheeses. If it's a 50th birthday party, you know, you could do like, or you could do sandwiches, you know, and get like Certix. You could do a bunch of sandwiches from them or France 44. Yes. And just do a whole sandwich bar and then have meats and cheeses. And so then that's just a setup and it's a go. The board loon does nice boards. If you want to, if you're looking, for someone that does yeah. them locally. I mean, there's there's Quince Catering. They do amazing boards. There's our friend Jametta, Chef Raspberry. She does great boards. Um, there's th- also little individual like charcuterie boxes. Yeah. And you could just lean heavy on the meats and lighter on the cheese uh-huh. so that you're not having so much of the melting factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about just like warm sal- like salads? Yeah. Like cabbage slaw salad. That yeah. doesn't have to be refrigerated. Don't use mayonnaise. Make like a vinaigrette. Yeah. Um, you could have a big potato salad with a vinaigrette, like things that don't necessarily need to be refrigerated that you can eat at room temperature. And here's maybe another idea. Maybe just do like animales catering, which is like because smoked meats can be room temperature, but taste cooked. You know what I mean? They're yes. cooked, but you get that idea that it's a hot meal. It's like a bigger thing. And we had their, you know, we had their pulled pork pastrami for Jake's graduation. And that was like amazing it just sat out right yeah and so i think maybe if and they have and i've we've used them and they've you know you can get big things and they'll just drop them off yeah it doesn't have to be hot you know what i mean so that's what i like about barbecue is that it can be room temperature and still feel like you're getting like a full dinner meal and like hot dogs can't you just like couldn't you do like hamburger ace hamburger ace el gordo just buy a giant boxes and boxes of dogs because they get soggy right i mean like that's the thing that's sitting there Have all the condiments on the side Sure. So you just have a literal sausage in a bun. 
Yeah. That can sit. I mean, no one's going to get sick from that for being out for a couple of hours in 80 degree heat. No, hot it's dogs. maybe not as special for her 50th birthday. To True. Have hot dogs not special at all. There. Not I'm special like, at all. Um, feels You're like right. there's a lot of effort. And then here's a, bu- here's a hot dog. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs> not special at all. Not special at all. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's good. So there you go. Or you could just do totally like funny. Funny like... You know, get a hundred uh, uh, McDonald's hamburgers and like do just like funny stuff. Again, fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that you want to mark that with something a little bit more, less of like. Yeah, <laughs> if you're doing the effort of like, special. she's having flowers brought to a pl- site, you know, a building site. I think you need to make it. I think you need to make it pretty. Big potato bars. That's yeah, easy. That's also not. <laughs> That's sort of that's easy. That's okay. that's more easy. You've gone down to easy now, and we're losing that special. Yes. Okay. Not easy. No. Not special enough. Yeah. All right. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take a break. Is it time? I think it is. Time. We have a little. We, well, we got. Uh, if you want to, we'll take your calls in the next hour if you need them. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. I want to find out, Stephanie, and maybe we'll answer this on the other side. Yeah. I want a pandemic brunch question. Like, where are people going to brunch post-pandemic? Because everyone's changed their hours. And so I'm going to ask you that when we come back. Okay, we'll talk about it.